May is Fibromyalgia Awareness Month. It's important to raise awareness about this chronic and often debilitating invisible illness known as fibromyalgia. This month-long campaign is an opportunity to educate people about the symptoms, causes, and treatments of fibromyalgia, as well as to show support for those living with these and other related invisible illnesses. Through increased awareness, we can work towards better understanding and management of fibromyalgia and ultimately improve the quality of life for those who are affected by it. And now on to this week's episode. Welcome to the Conquering Your Fibromyalgia podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Lenz, author of the book, Conquering Your Fibromyalgia, Real Answers and Real Solutions to Real Pain. And I also am happy to let you know that this is now available on Audible. So you can listen there. Many prefer listening instead of reading a book, especially many with fibromyalgia. That's their preferred way of learning is auditory or visual than sitting down and reading a book. And it also can be more practical along with just listening to the podcast. I look at this podcast as a supplement or companion to reading the book. You can only put so much in 270 or so pages that are in the book, and this is to expand or expound on what's in the book as well. The whole hope is to help take one of the two most stigmatized problems, which is fibromyalgia, and help destigmatize it, help validate what you have, your pain, your fatigue, your fog, that it's real, but there also is hope that you can get better. Remember, I am a physician, but I am not your physician, so this podcast should be used as a starting point for education to use along with your physician to help them take the best care of you and for you to take the best care of yourself. Last week, we were talking about how do I know if I have fibromyalgia And we went through the criteria from the American College of Rheumatology 2016 criteria for looking at an update on better ways to diagnose patients who have it. This week, I wanted to talk about a tool that I use frequently for those of you who have fibromyalgia, and it's a good assessment tool to assess progress. People may ask, well, how do you know if you can reverse fibromyalgia? How do you know if you can get better? Well, this tool is something I check at a baseline or try to make sure I check at a baseline of every new patient I have with fibromyalgia, and then we can track how you are doing over time. This is no different than what we do with lots of things in medicine. We need to track how somebody's diabetes is doing. So we'll check their hemoglobin A1C, a measure of their average blood sugar over time. We'll check a lipid panel. We'll check your blood pressure. We'll do a PHQ-9, which is an assessment tool for depression. Today, we're going to talk about the fibromyalgia impact questionnaire, revised questionnaire that we use to help assess where you're at. I'm going to have you walk through these questions with me. And if you want, if you're able to, hit pause and download the fibromyalgia impact questionnaire. It's available online if you just do an internet search and hit FIQR PDF and you'll be able to have that and often have a printout that you can use to track where you're at and then we can go through that. So hopefully you've gotten a chance to get that and now follow along with me and you can even track where you have been in the last seven days. The fibromyalgia impact questionnaire is a tool that's been cited in research in studies to help assess 
where somebody's at with their fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia is not just pain. Don't it is more than just tell me how bad your pain is, but it has a lot also to do with your functioning as well as other senses beyond just your pain. So, if you can pull out the fibromyalgia impact questionnaire scoring, the first section is going to look at how your function has been affected over the last seven days. So for the first group of questions, I'll ask you, how difficult has it been for you to perform the following activities in the last seven days on average? We know with fibromyalgia that every day is not the same, and some days are better than others, but it's best you can average out. And if you aren't doing these exactly, for some reason, do your best estimate from zero would be, I have no difficulty performing these activities, up to 10 being very difficult. So how difficult has it been in the last seven days, on average, to brush or comb your hair? How difficult has it been in the last seven days to walk continuously for 20 minutes? How difficult has it been to prepare a homemade meal? And thinking of a homemade meal not as just throwing a pizza in the oven, but 20-30 minutes of meal prep, mixing, stirring, etc. How difficult has it been to vacuum, scrub, or sweep floors? To lift and carry a bag full of groceries? Climb one flight of stairs? Change bed sheets? Sit in a chair for 45 minutes without getting up? Go shopping for groceries? For each of these, you're going to tally up the points from 0 to 10, and then we'll divide that by 2. The next two questions will indicate the intensity of your fibromyalgia symptoms over the past seven days, from never, a zero, up to always. Fibromyalgia prevented me from accomplishing goals for the week. So zero is never. I did all of the goals that I wanted to. And ten is always. I didn't do any of the goals, and I hardly even got out of bed, basically. I was completely overwhelmed by my fibromyalgia symptoms, from zero never up to ten always. For these two, you'll take the raw score and add that for the second section. And the final section is looking at overall symptom intensity. So the first question is, please rate your level of pain from no pain, a zero, to unbearable pain, a ten. And again, as in all these questions, this is your best average over the last seven days. And it's also to keep in mind both day and night, just not in the evening or not just in the morning, but overall. Next is please rate your average level of energy. So this is a little inverted. So lots of energy is good. That's a score of zero. To no energy, very bad. That's a score of 10. And five is in the somewhat range. Please rate your level of stiffness from no stiffness a zero to severe stiffness a 10. Please rate the quality of your sleep from awoke rested a zero to awoke very tired a 10. Rate your level of depression from no depression a zero to very depressed a 10. Rate your level of memory problems a good memory zero to very poor memory, a 10. 
rate your level of anxiety from not anxious, a 0, to very anxious, a 10. Rate your level of tenderness to touch from no tenderness, a 0, to very tender, a 10. Rate your level of balance problems from no imbalance, a 0, to severe imbalance, a 10. And the last is, please rate your level of sensitivity to loud noises, bright lights, odors, and cold. You will then take the last section and divide that by 2. I made a mistake earlier. In the first section, you'll divide that by 3. So you combine all of those scores, and that gives you your fibromyalgia impact questionnaire revised total score. Under 20 is what's considered normal or those who have fibromyalgia but are now into the levels of those unaffected by fibromyalgia. 20 to 30 is in the mild range. 30 to 40 is the mild to moderate. 40 to 60 is moderate. 60 to 80 is high and over 80 is extreme levels of fibromyalgia impairment. Where did you score at? Wherever you are, it can be a great tool or a starting point that you can use to track how you are doing over time. When we talk about treatments, whether it's medications, whether it's diet, whether it's exercise, whether it's sleep, whether it's stress management, whether it's impact of stress on your life, you can use this. And for many of my patients, especially when we're trying to see how things are going in the early stages, especially when you're really struggling, this is one of the things that I'll have my patients track each week at the end of the week and see where you're at. It's amazing because there are some scores that will significantly improve if we do effective treatments that may not be initially aware of, but when we count all of the symptoms and all these individual ones, we'll see, wow, I I didn't realize it was a 10 for sensitivity to noise, light, and sounds, and now it's down to a 3. I am feeling much more refreshed in the morning. I feel much more rested, and I have more energy. I'm not as tired. I am doing more functioning. I'm not as overwhelmed, and my score went from a 10 for feeling overwhelmed maybe down to a 5. All of those pushing the needle. A lot of times it's frustrating if you may only get 20 to 30% better. Maybe your fibromyalgia impact score goes from 77 down to 52 which is still in the moderate range. You feel pain, you feel sore, you feel stiff, and you have definitely not feeling without pain, but your score has improved. And it's nice to then build on that to say, hey, let's add to what we're doing. Let's see if we can improve this. A lot of the frustration with fibromyalgia is not to see any improvement, not to see any progress, and how can you measure that in a much more scientific way? Way. And this is a great tool. This is what they use in many research studies to look at the effectiveness of medications on different treatments over time. Another tool is using the 2016 American College of Rheumatology criteria to count that the areas, uh, different numbers of areas of pain, uh, as well as fatigue, as well as uh, how well uh, rested are you, levels of depression. Um, brain fog, all of those are part of it, and they're a good tool, but sometimes they're often in a binary range. Like, I'll have somebody say, well, my neck pain was either yes or no. 
I had, do I have neck pain? Well, my pain was a 10 before, now it's down to 3, I still have pain. So the American College of Rheumatology doesn't always perfectly capture that, but often I'll have somebody where those the score of total areas in the body may drop from 12 down to 9, but maybe the fibromyalgia impact score went from 70 down to 40, a much bigger improvement than maybe a 25% improvement that the fibromyalgia or American College of Rheumatology score may indicate, but the fibromyalgia impact score is much greater reduced because it's a much finer measuring of where you are at. I just wanted to give a little back history on the fibromyalgia impact questionnaire. This was developed in the late 1980s and was first published in 1991. There were minor revisions in 1997 and 2002. It has subsequently become one of the most frequently used tools in the evaluation of fibromyalgia patients, being cited in over 300 articles and translated into 14 languages. Over the 18 years since its publication, problems in regard to aspects of its content and rather cumbersome scoring algorithm have become apparent. The original questionnaire used a visual analog scale that required patients to slash a 100-millimeter line and was scored with a ruler. The scoring was further complicated by the need to reverse scores in one question and the use of constants to reverse the first 13 questions to a standard score of 0 to 10. The functional questions in the first part of the fibromyalgia impact questionnaire were originally intended for women living in reasonably affluent countries and assumed the possession of a car, a vacuum cleaner, and a washing machine. Moreover, questions that now are considered relevant, such as discognition, tenderness, balance, and an environmental sensitivity were not part of the original FIQ, Fibromyalgia Impact Questionnaire. And with those issues in mind, they developed an online paper equivalent version of the questionnaire, the revised Fibromyalgia Impact Questionnaire. These were used to help assess as a great instrument, as a tool to complement how things are going. This is a tool that is used along with a careful clinical history and physical exam to help assess how you are doing. Also, it's important to have the social history each time that somebody comes in for a follow-up. What else is going on? If the person's going through a high level of stress at work or at home, that's important. No medications may have changed. No exercise may have changed. No diet may have changed, but the stress level may have gone through the roof and so did the pain. So that is a very useful tool, and I encourage you to fill that out along with the American College of Rheumatology criteria if you're wondering if you have fibromyalgia, along with bringing all the lab reports, all the testing that you've done, bringing these to your visit to your doctor, whether it's a new doctor or if you were seeing me, this would be a great tool to help complement where you're at in addition to all the treatment plans that you've done and insight that you think you've gleaned over the year on what things have improved and what things have made it worse. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and please leave a five-star review and share with others so that they too can help learn, get insight, be informed, be equipped, and be inspired to live a healthier life with fibromyalgia. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, feel free to email me at drmichaellens at gmail.com. I hope that 
This can be an ongoing discussion to help build content in the podcast over what you, the listener, are interested in and want to learn more about to help you understand what fibromyalgia is and help get through this. So if you want, send me the email of the questions. If you feel even bold, if you want to send a recording of the questions that you have that I can use on air, that helps make it more interesting. I do have some interviews that I'm hoping to have done within the next month. And if you're interested, like I said, good news that the book Conquering Your Fibromyalgia is now also available on Audible and on iTunes. Thank you. Thank you.